0: You're listening to the Australian Herbicide Resistance Initiative podcast, but you can call us Ari for short. Each month we look at what's going on in each cropping region, focusing on those pesky weeds. I'm sitting with Michelle Owen just come back from Christmas
1: break. How are you, Michelle? Uh, Good, thanks. Just trying to get back into uh, the season and ready for this year.
0: And you were pretty busy over the summer period just before
1: uh, the Christmas break, finishing up your most recent survey. How did it go? Yeah, it's good. We've got some good results. We're just sort of compiling um, what percent of samples were weed-free and um, what methods farmers were using. So we're just putting all that data together at the moment. Excellent. And the farmers, they were good? Yes, they were great. Um, They had a wonderful response have got lots of samples and uh, came across um, a couple of regions, so we've got some data to compare.
0: Excellent gold stickers for everyone. Yes. But I did want to ask you in your last
1: survey, 27% of participants found that ha- you found they had clean seed. How did they achieve this? I guess the main thing that they were looking at was um, where they were selecting their uh, seed source from, so they were picking paddocks that had low wheat burdens to start with. And they were also using seed cleaning methods at harvest time. So they range from contractors coming in, cleaning seed on farm, using their own seed cleaning methods or using contractors in town for seed cleaning.
0: In terms of herbicide resistant weed seeds contaminating the crop seeds, was this a
1: common occurrence and what weeds were most commonly found? Okay, so ryegrass was probably the most common contaminant followed by wild radish and broom wild oats. Most of the ryegrass collected had some level of herbicide resistance to the um, commonly used in crop herbicides such as the group A and B herbicides and the level of resistance varied in populations from 30 to 100% survival. Yeah, right. So you don't want to be planting those. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. So when it comes to actually cleaning the seeds, can you just expand a little bit more on the methods people can use? For the farmers they can use sieves, a variety of sieves gravity tables which sort of shake the seed, air blown systems or a combination of those systems so a lot of the mobile contractor come in and they have either one or two or three of those built into their machines and generally their town cleaners have a gravity table And what methods did you find in your survey were the most effective? We found that the gravity table generally gave the cleaner seed samples but it wasn't significant different to the contractors coming in on farm. And did farmers have any kind of preference for what system they used? It probably depended on how close they were to town for um, transporting (laughs) their grain and what was available in terms of contractors around the district. Did you have any other comments in relation to cleaning seed that you found during your surveys? We found that while a large uh, proportion of them were clean seeds that when we hand cleaned them we still found the odd seed sample, but I guess it's hard to get everything out. So the, the more you use a range of different methods, and the more likely you are to remove the weed seeds. Which is what we want. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me, Michelle. And no worries. It was my pleasure.
0: I'm speaking with Gary Hamdorf. He's the National Agronomist for the Hannaford Franchise Business. How are you going, Gary? Thanks for chatting with me.
2: Good. Thanks, and thanks for having
0: me on. How have things been for you? You're over in South Australia at the moment, is that right?
2: Yes, I'm in South Australia at the moment. Yeah, we've just been a little bit wet after what you guys had last week over there, but thankfully not quite as much rainfall here as over there.
0: Okay, well, that's good to hear for you guys. So at the moment, we're going to be chatting about seed cleaning. So I was just wondering, what system do Hannafords use?
2: Well, as you said, Hanford's is a franchise system, so we have machines which our franchisees utilise and go and clean the farmers' grain generally on-farm, and that system uses three components. The first component is an air-based box, which uses a vertical stream of air to blow out the lighter grain from the grain that you want to keep, such as chaff and light wheat seeds will be blown out of things like wheat. They also use screening system, and that's a two-step process. They have scalp which remove the large stuff remaining on top of the screen and the wheat falls through the scalpers to go on to the next process. Then they also screen it where the good grain stays on top of the screen and the small weed seeds will fall through the screen and be taken out. And the last process they use is what we call indents which are long cylinders with pockets in them which pick up the grain and drop them into what we call the troughs, where the good grain stays and what doesn't get picked up will pass out into the screenings as well.
0: Yeah, right. It's quite a process, really. And how effective is it at removing weed seeds, these mobile cleaning systems?
2: What it comes down to is obviously what weed seed you have in the sample. And with certain weed samples, you need to use all three of those processes because with the different grains, the um, wind system is... Based on weight, the screenings is the size of the grain and then the indents are the length. Right. So you have a various different sizes for all grain types, which we call the bell curve of the different grain types, and they do overlap, so you need to use all of those to get the grain clean. But as to how effective it is, it comes down to what you've got in the sample. There's really no system out there that can guarantee that you absolutely remove every single weed seed from there. Generally, our guys aim for better than 98% clean and preferably better than 99% clean of weeds if they can. But that all depends on what sort of sample they are given. If it's a very poor sample, obviously they're limited on what they can do because a lot of the times a farmer doesn't keep enough grain. And what our guys generally say is whatever you need, you need to keep 10 to 15% more than that prior to the cleaning process. So right. if you want 10 tonne of seed, you need to keep you know, 11 to 12 tonne of unclean grain so you, you can ensure you do get that 10 tonne of clean grain and have it as free of impurities and weeds as possible.
0: Makes a lot of sense. And is seed cleaning by Hanford's always done at harvest or is it done in between harvest and seeding as well?
2: It can be done any time from harvest right through to just before seeding and with the number of people that need their grain cleaned, unfortunately not everyone can have it done right at harvest time. So yeah, it's a drawn out process that starts as soon as harvest gets going and finishes basically when seeding starts.
0: And which situations are best suited to mobile seed cleaners compared to static installations?
2: That depends on what's installed in the static sheds. If the static sheds have got the same equipment that's on our mobile seed cleaners, both are going to do the same job. There are some Static it's that obviously have what they call gravity tables, and they are not on our mobile seed grainers. and those do fit a small situations such as if you've got barley and veg or you've got a very large amount of small radish seeds, especially once a radish has started to break up, sometimes the static sheds with the gravity tables can do a better job. But what of it, a lot of it comes down to is ensuring that the person operating the machine that comes on your property is properly trained and qualified, such as a, a Henneford seed gravers are. So if you've got someone who doesn't know what they're doing, it doesn't matter what sort of machine they've got, they can always do it a poor job and as long as you have got someone who knows what they're doing and is doing a good job you'll have a excellent result at the end of it.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And is there any other comments that you've experienced so far this season which you can share with the audience which you think might be valuable?
2: A lot a lot of the pulses this year have been a lot dirtier than normal, so they are requiring more cleaning so in some cases some of the pulses such as peas and lupins the guys have had to keep 20 or 30 percent more than what they really need because that's how many screenings are coming out and the other one over in western australia with your frosts some of the guys are having to clean it a little bit harder because there's a little bit more screenings due to the frost in the samples over there so yeah they may not get the same level of seed coming out as they did last year with the high levels of screenings that are in some samples over there this year
0: yeah right all right well thank you very much for giving some insight onto how it all works it's obviously a really important task for people to do so I really appreciate you taking the time
2: thank you very much and yes you're right it is the um, most probably one of the most important tasks of preparing for this coming season's seeding program.
0: I'm chatting with Perry Hotchkiss from Bruce Rock Seed Cleaning. How are you going, Perry? Good, thanks. It's ex- sounding very windy in the background. What's going on? Are you sure you're not going to blow away? Uh,
3: yes, we've got um, quite, quite, quite a lot of weather in at the moment with the you know, forecast for the storms coming down over uh, the next couple of days and we're positioned on top of probably one of the hills in the district so we get all the wind. That is why it is sounding very windy because that's what it is. <laughs>
0: Perfect. So, <yeah. laughs> bit of excitement for the day. Well, I am chatting with you today about how your sea cleaning facilities work in Bruce Rock. Can you give us a bit of an overview of the processes you use there?
3: We sort of uh, incorporate uh, standard sole sea cleaning with screens and scalpers um and we combine that with the gravity clean as well over gravity tables so you know over and above what you'll get on uh you know a mobile plant or what you can buy a farmer can buy for himself is that finished product goes over the gravity table so the um, separation that we get there for weed seeds is just absolutely fantastic it's 100 so you know, the seed that, that you end up with for your crop next year is completely free of weed seeds and uh, any other foreign product that's in there. The beginning of the process is the same, but the way we've set the plants up, they uh, provide just a better clean, the finished product is, is a lot cleaner.
0: Yeah, right. So can you explain to people how the gravity table actually works?
3: It's, it's difficult to imagine without visualising it. Simple terms is uh, the heavy heavy grain um, will hit the bottom of the table more often and it bounces to the top. And then there's a bit of wind blowing from underneath and that helps separate a lot of the chaff and small weed seeds like ryegrass out and then they slide off and we can just separate that at the bottom of the table. Like I say, without actually physically seeing it, it's difficult to imagine but it is a sort of a simple process but it's quite difficult to set up initially.
0: Is there quite a bit of maintenance on the machinery or is it, once it's set up, is it pretty much, would you go? Yeah, look,
2: there
3: is, there is quite a bit. We tend to build everything, um, the company that I work for anyway, have build everything. So we can get through the majority of the season with bare minimum maintenance and then at the end of the season they will run a, a large maintenance program and they go right through all of the sheds and make sure everything's ready to go again for next year.
0: Are you finding that most of your customers are kind of within the region or do some people travel quite a far distance to get the benefits of those gravity table systems that you've got?
3: I've got a real mixed bag. Uh, I've got guys that will travel as far as Bullfinch um, into Bruce Rock. I've got guys from over training, guys from Andy Hyden. So, you know, I've got some blokes that will travel up to sort of 150, 170 k's to get into my shed just because they want the quality. So by all means there's still guys that are not that far away that um, that use mobile machines but yeah we, we find we do tend to draw blokes in just for the for the product
0: yeah that's really good and so is there any possibility of a gravity table system going mobile or is it just not feasible
3: it's not that feasible um i know uh, of a company that spent a lot of time in the past trying to make one work and they just simply haven't been able to do it the, the tables have to remain dead still to maintain a pattern. What we call a pattern, and yeah, the tables in my shed have got two tonne of concrete under them to hold it still. So, yeah, trying to make that mobile is obviously impossible. So, yeah, I think. People have come up with some very small scale ones, but they're just too inefficient to really have any benefit. So we can still grade it at 35 tonne an hour over the tables. So, you know, when you're putting a road train through in an hour and a half, if you make a, try and make a mobile plant that's only capable of doing 5 tonne an hour, it's just not worth doing it.
0: Is there any other things related to seed cleaning that you'd like to comment on, Perry?
3: There's some of the seed treatments that are... Getting around nowadays, we're finding uh, extremely expensive. When you start talking upwards of $150 a tonne to put a dressing on, and there's a product now that's getting in the vicinity of $300 a tonne, um, coverage of your seed is extremely important. And we've invested quite a lot of money in the last 10 years into developing pickle systems that, uh, that get that coverage without uh, Jeopardising our capacity We've just put a new Seed treatment machine in at Corrigin Shed this year And the results are absolutely fantastic So we're looking hopefully to Start putting them into the other sheds Over the next uh, five or six years So yeah for people who are so serious about seed treatments that, uh, yeah, we really have put a lot of work into that. And I think that combined with not putting seed treatment on your weed seeds by getting a proper clean, yeah, the end product now that we're putting out of these sheds are, is just fantastic. So there's something sort of exciting to look forward to for those sorts of people. So yeah.
0: No, it's really interesting. All right, well, thank you so much for explaining that for us and make sure you don't get blown away, all right?
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely, Jess, thanks for that.
0: All right, thank you so much, Perry.